0: You're listening to a DM podcast. Yeah, um, when I did skydiving late last year, it was very terrifying. When I got back up off the ground, I said to myself, I can't feel my strawberries. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a new episode of Mr. A+. Today's episode is going to be quite a rather unusual one. Joining us today is Catherine Gillies, astrologer from Moon Muse and host of It's a Sign podcast. Catherine is on Instagram and TikTok, and I'm hoping there may even be a few insights into my life today. So this should be interesting. So, without further ado, let's all give a warm welcome for Catherine Gillies.
1: Hello, Michael.
0: Hello, Catherine.
1: I'm so pleased to be here.
0: Thank you. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. I've been looking forward to this. Me too. How are you doing? And your family?
1: Everything's great. Doing really well. Um, Yeah, just really excited to come and talk to you today.
0: Excited too. (laughs) So looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Yes. Let's get into it, shall we? Can you describe for us your journey on how you became an astrologist? Any moments of inspiration, things you needed to accomplish, or perhaps any credentials or training?
1: Okay, so it's been a long journey becoming an astrologer. I actually, growing up, didn't believe in astrology because I didn't feel... I'm a Cancerian, and I didn't feel like a Cancer, you know? I felt more outgoing, like a Leo, And so I didn't believe in it at first when I was younger. And then when I was living in New York in my 20s, I decided to set some new moon intentions. And three out of five of the intentions I set came true within 24 hours. So I kind of developed this strong connection to Mother Nature and to the moon and to the universe in the most unnatural city in the world. So it was unusual. Um, I've always been into astrology, but, you know, I did university and went traveling, ended up living in New York, and then developed this connection, and then kind of really got into it. And mostly, um, I guess, love and heartbreak in my early 20s led me to astrology because I used it as a tool of self-discovery to understand myself. And when I learned astrology, I realized I actually have a couple of planets in Leo, which is why I feel very connected to the Leo essence, because it's also a part of me. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's quite an interesting story.
1: Yes. So then I went on to do a law degree after that, after I came home from New York. And during that, I was working in corporate in Sydney, but I found it a bit of a drag because my true heart calling was with the spiritual realm and energy healing and astrology. So I started to do it on the side and eventually now do have my own business.
0: That's wonderful. Yes. Well, well done. Thank you. Amazing what heartbreak can do.
1: <laughs> heartbreak is the biggest teacher.
0: Yes, it certainly is. <laughs> If I've never really been there.
1: I think a lot of people haven't, especially, you know, people who have, um, say, married their high school sweethearts and are still in that relationship, you know. We all have our own journey. You yeah, know? of course. Mm. And, you know, what I love about you is that I feel like we have something in common because we love love and you're on a quest for love.
0: Yes, even though it's a little bit fruitless right now.
1: You know, I think really do believe divine timing comes into it. And in our own personal evolution, we learn lessons, especially through dating. We understand what we like and don't like, what we want out of a relationship or don't. And all of those experiences bring us to where we are today with a more clear vision of what we want for the future and our future partner.
0: Yes, of course. Yes. Before we get on to that, I need to ask you, what do you find are the most rewarding aspects of having such a unique purpose in life?
1: I believe that we all have a deep, unique calling and we have hints, you know, we tap into our own intuition and our own inner guidance system and if we listen to that, we are guided in the right direction. I really love doing what I do because I can help people really strip back what they may have learned from their family growing up or society's expectations, they can strip everything back and get back to their soul self and really understand who they are as a soul beyond their human body and then decide what they want to create for their future. So I find it very fulfilling, this work, and helping people uncover who they truly are.
0: That's really wonderful.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: Because being an astrologer is not a very common purpose.
1: Yeah. Well, it's one of the things I do. I like helping people, life coaching. I really enjoy astrology as one of the many tools I use to Mm. really get to see someone's soul's blueprint, essentially.
0: Wonderful. I also would like to ask, do you think you could do a small reading for me per chance?
1: Of course. I would love to. I am so excited to have a look at your chart.
0: I look forward to listening to it.
1: Okay, so I like to start here. We know you've just had your birthday, so happy birthday. How exciting. Uh, And you turned 29. Yep. So first things first, I would like to say that 29 is a big year in astrology, or around 29, because have you ever heard of a Saturn return?
0: Sadly, I haven't.
1: Okay, so Saturn, as we know, is one of the planets, and it takes around 29 years to circle the sun. And so when we go through what's a a rite of passage in astrology and in life around this age that you're going through, it's kind of like the time of life where you level up, you really become an adult in many cases, you may have tests and trials and tribulations to move through, Saturn rules time in astrology. It is kind of the responsibility planet. So we really move through this time where you come into alignment with your your true purpose in life. And often Saturn return can be a difficult time for people because maybe they're not living in alignment with their truest desires. So Saturn is a big teacher for us. And what I see in your chart is that, you know, you're... You're in your Saturn return this year, which is like a really big moment. We all go through it and yours is coming. It's actually beginning. The end of April is the first kind of wave. It comes in waves. And so this whole year essentially you'll be going through your Saturn return. So I would say that by this time next year, you'll have emerged a more evolved version of you, which hmm. is really exciting.
0: And what does that mean?
1: Well, you might feel like you have more clarity around what you want to do in life. Um, Like I said, you may level up in some way. You may take on some more responsibility. You may have some amazing opportunities come your way. We don't know how it will play out, but it's kind of like known as a cosmic boot camp. So Mm -hmm. it can be challenging at times, but I think we go through challenges in life to really push us to be to be better. And so yeah. we'll, we'll have to get back in touch next year and see what's happened in your life because I feel like Saturn's going to bring lots of exciting blessings but that come through hard work because Saturn rewards hard work and discipline.
0: Um, what kind of hard
1: work? Well, it depends on what's going on in your life. So my advice for you or anyone that's your age going through a Saturn return which happens around every 29 years, is to set your sights on a goal or multiple goals and really dedicate your time and energy working towards those goals because through that discipline and hard work, Saturn's going to reward you.
0: There are certain goals that I've been working on for so, for so many years, but the thing is there are also things beyond my control right now as well.
1: What type of goals are you working toward?
0: Finding a, a woman to settle down with,
1: mm-hmm. an
0: acting career, Yes. apart from the podcast event, Mm -hmm. and um, buying my own place and also becoming incredibly wealthy.
1: I love all those goals. That's so beautiful to have our big visions in life, you know. And I think the biggest thing with astrology, like I've said before, is we all have our own timing. So even though Saturn is the god of time, we go through things at different times in life, especially when it comes to meeting the right person to settle down with. Or our soulmate, if you believe in soulmates. Yeah, I do. You do? Well, you know you're a Pisces, so I would expect you to believe in soulmates because Pisces are the most sensitive, romantic, and they love love. Yeah. You know? I'm a Pisces rising. Do you know what a rising sign is?
0: I don't really know.
1: A lot of time when people look at astrology charts, they take into account three main planets or whatever's going on. So you're a Pisces, which means the sun was transiting through that part of the sky for about a month when you were born. That's, you know, one twelfth of the world is a Pisces. But what's interesting with your sun sign is that it's at 28 degrees of Pisces, so nearly at 29, which means every every sign has 30 degrees. So yours is right at the end, one of the last degrees of Pisces, and the thing about Pisces is that it's the last sign of the Zodiac. So it's Aries is the first, and then it goes Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, Libra, Scorpio, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and then Pisces. So if we look at where your sun is, it's, it's a 360-degree wheel, if we look at the entire wheel of the Zodiac, and your sun is right at the end. It's just two degrees from the end. So to me, because I really, I'm very intuitive. And when I look at charts, I kind of, it's like a soul song. It speaks to me. And when I look at this, I think of someone who is an old soul. Because you come to this life. I don't know if you believe in reincarnation. I do. You do? So you come into this life and it feels, But when I look at your chart, that you have so much depth and knowledge that kind of, encompasses all of the signs before you. So Pisces people are very deep because they have, they're holding all of this beautiful astrological knowledge within them, even if they haven't uh, tapped into it yet. So, you know, Pisces is the symbol of the fish. It's, yes, the two fish swimming in opposite directions. So the way I describe Pisces, which is a mutable water sign, I say it's like, you know, the ocean. It's often described as if we look at a water body, I say Cancer's a water sign, it's like a fast flowing river. Scorpio's yeah. a water sign, it's like a fixed lake. And I say Pisces yeah. is like the ocean because it's coming and going. It's here and there. It can it's known as the chameleon because it can go really deep down in the ocean, into the depths with people, yeah. or it can like swim in the shallows and, you know, talk to anyone. So there's some amazing traits of Pisces, especially being compassionate, is one of the yeah, biggest. Of course. So do you feel like you resonate with Pisces energy?
0: Yes, I do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing we look at is the moon sign. It's another big one. So where was the moon when you were born? And your moon is in Gemini. I knew it. <laughs> Did you know that?
0: I had a bit of a hunch.
1: Okay, so Gemini is known as quick-witted, funny, um, really great at communication. And they're actually really great comedians and podcasters, people who have big Gemini energy. Hmm. And I know that's something you're interested in.
0: Yes, that's
1: right. Yeah, so that's a really great placement to have for you, especially having conversations like this, because you can really converse with people Chat and it comes easily to you and it makes you happy because the moon is our emotional body and it's how we take care of ourselves and what makes us feel really good. So, for you, having that Gemini moon, really talking it out with people is going to make you feel good. Yeah, laughing with people, having conversation.
0: Yeah,
1: and then you have an Aquarius rising, the rising sign is how people feel. Or the sense that they get when they first meet somebody. So before someone gets to know that you're a Pisces sun or a Gemini moon, they might sense that Aquarius rising first. They say it's like your auric field before... You know, if you go to a networking event and you don't know anybody, people are picking up on other people's rising signs because it's said to be like the mask you wear before people get to know you. So Aquarius Rising is like a really quirky energy, fun. They like standing out. They often like dressing a little differently. I know you're really into your formal wear. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So Aquarius Rising is a really beautiful, fun placement to have. Hmm. And when I look at your chart as a whole with all the other planets as well, you have a lot of water energy in your chart Wow. so lots of planets in watery signs and that's someone who is because water represents emotion Yep. so it's someone who's really in touch with their emotions and likes to connect and is heartfelt yes and compassionate as I said earlier so with those three main aspects that's what's happening for you does that resonate for you
0: it certainly does
1: There's a couple of other placements I'd love to tell you about. So you have the planet of abundance, which is Jupiter, right at the top of your chart next to the midheaven. You're a Pisces and Neptune rules Pisces. It's the modern ruler of Pisces, but the traditional ruler of Pisces is actually Jupiter. And that's sitting for you right at the top of your chart next to your midheaven, which is how you're viewed by the world. The midheaven represents the highest point in our chart that is our goals in life, our aspiration, how people view us, our vocation, our reputation, and you've got Jupiter right up there, which is really exciting because I feel like you're meant to be seen in this world by lots of people, which as we know has already happened, having been on Love on the Spectrum. Yes. So that's part of your life path, I would say, to be out there in the world and seen to be a big public figure.
0: Oh. That's
1: a that's a really exciting aspect to have. This is someone who's very ambitious, has big goals, enthusiastic. Jupiter brings happiness and abundance. So I feel like part of your career is really to help others elevate their own happiness as well.
0: Yes, because I do enjoy entertaining people.
1: I love that, yes. In
0: fact, my mother once called me a ham, which I don't find to be an insult.
1: What's a ham?
0: Oh, somebody who enjoys performing but does it in an exaggerated way.
1: Oh, okay. Well, Jupiter rules exaggeration. (laughs) So that's that's really funny. No wonder. (laughs) So the other thing with Jupiter right at the top there is that, you know, morals are a big thing for you, I would say, because Jupiter is also representative of spirituality or religion or our own moral compass what we believe to be true in life so I would say that other people see you as someone who upholds your values and stands up for what you believe to to be truth and honour, integrity and respect
0: Yes, of course
1: Which from what I know for you, you, that is definitely what you exude. You can really make a career out of whatever is what you believe in, a favourite hobby, whatever your favourite subject is, you could really create a career in that. And with your career, your midheaven being in Scorpio, that's really a placement that wants to go deep. You know, I said Scorpio is like the fixed lake. So the lake seems very calm on top, but underneath, we don't know. We don't know what's going on in the lake. Mm. So Scorpio energy wants to dig down into the depths and really uncover and like go deep with people just like the depths of the ocean let's talk a little bit about love and venus is the planet of love yes okay So you do have Venus in Aries. Aries, as I said, is the first sign of the zodiac. So it's very like a go-getter energy. Yep. So Venus is the planet of love-money relationships and it also shows us how we approach falling in love or dating and it also shows what we're attracted to. Venus and Aries people generally kind of can fall in love easily and also fall out of love easily. So it's kind of like this revved-up energy where you're – Attracted to something, and you go after it, and with passion and curiosity, and put all your energy into it. So that you can, you may enjoy like spontaneity. Does do you like sp- spontaneous activity?
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Yeah. So I feel like Venus Aries people really enjoy partners that are can be spontaneous with them, and that energy is very assertive and passionate and an adventurous spirit. So looking for someone who can match that energy is really important for you in love. Yes. Do you resonate with that energy?
0: Yes, I believe I would. Yeah. Because even though I enjoy doing spontaneous activities, I also like to plan my day as well. hmm But also I'm sort of kind of seeing, seeing someone, but it's not really official yet.
1: A lot of people ask, can... You know, can Leo's and Pisces be together or can Leo's and Aquarius be together? To me, that's so much more than the sun sign. You know, I believe anyone can be with anyone. It's really dependent on the person's energy and are they willing to put in the work to be Mm -hmm. together.
0: Because I've I've doubted that water signs and fire signs can mix.
1: As I said, your Venus is in Aries, which is a fire sign. And Venus is love. Yeah. So it's not surprising to me that you're attracted to a fire sign because fire signs generally are more assertive in going after what they want.
0: So I do have to ask you, do you think I would be better suited for a water sign or a fire sign?
1: I think you could do either because you have all the watery placements you have a lot of Scorpio energy, which likes to go deep with people. So that's really about forming a deep, intimate bond with somebody. Whether that's, you know, romantic relationships or even friendships, it's like wanting to have deep conversations and get to know someone on a very deep level. Yes. Any sign's going to work for you.
0: What about an air sign or an earth
1: sign? I, I truly believe you could date any sign. But when I look at your chart, You have uh, an asteroid, which is named Juno, and Juno presides over marriage and also business partnerships. So it really describes what people people desire in a long-term partnership. Yes. And also what you can bring to the table. So you have that at zero degrees of Scorpio. So this energy is very passionate, again, very committed, wants a committed relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. And has this deep yearning to merge with somebody. Yes. Which I believe that is what your long-term goal is. Yep, that's right. Yeah. So you really want to connect deeply according to your Juno and you want to have that intuitive connection with your partner so you feel like you're on the same wavelength. Does that make sense? Yes,
0: I believe it does.
1: Yeah. So I would say... Irregardless of the sun sign that somebody is, or whoever you date is, I think you, your Juno in Scorpio is really desiring deep, deep connection, commitment, loyalty, being able to be vulnerable with somebody, yes. but doing life together is really important to you. Yeah, of course. So I think when people instead of looking specifically at what sun sign people are, it's more about the qualities that your soul's desiring.
0: Ah, uh, yes. You know. That's giving me something to think about good but also the thing is I've been single my entire life
1: mm-hmm
0: but also because I'm I'm a one-woman man
1: that's that Scorpio energy it wants to merge with one person
0: yeah because I don't want to bounce from one woman to the next
1: that's understandable
0: like my brother did before he got married
1: <laughs> what's your what's your brother's sign
0: he's a Libra like my mother
1: oh my mom's a Libra too What about your dad? What's your dad?
0: He's a Cancerian.
1: Oh, so I'm a Cancer. My dad's a Pisces, so my dad and mum are the, you know, water sign and air sign. Your dad is a water sign and your mum's an air sign. So there you go. Goes to show that air signs and water signs mix.
0: I've also got a sister who's a Gemini.
1: Oh, is she? And are you close to her?
0: My mother believes that we are, and we're also pretty protective of each other.
1: Okay, that makes sense because... If she's a Gemini, it's like she must get you on a heart level. There must be some heart resonance and soul resonance going on Hmm. between the two of you, Hmm. which may be that protection that's coming in.
0: I never thought about it that way.
1: Yeah. Along with your Saturn return that will be happening all year. Yes. Transforming you and pushing you into astrological adulthood, so to speak. Also, I had a little look just to see what was coming up for you. And we're about to enter eclipse season in April, Mm. which happens a few times a year. And I always like to say eclipse season is soulmate season because instead of intentionally manifesting things, it's better to take your hands off the wheel and to let the universe guide you. Yeah. So when eclipse season is happening, it's really just about stepping back being open mm-hmm. and observing the opportunities that come your way and also yeah. the people that come into your life. And so for you, we have a solar eclipse happening on the 20th of April and that's happening at 29 degrees of Aries, which is almost opposite in the sky of your Juno that I was talking about earlier, which desires marriage.
0: Yes, what does this mean?
1: So for you, I would say definitely be open to dating around that time specifically. Of course I'm open. But sometimes, you know, people are open and they're not actively dating or... Yes. Yeah. So I would say like that's a really good time to be going on dates, being very active when it comes to your dating and mm. also just just maybe being open to people introducing you to other people... Yes. Being open to opportunities, like I said. Yeah. Eclipses, I describe them like you know when you're at an airport and they have the travelators. Yes. So it's like you could people are walking or they're on the travelator. Yeah. Eclipses are like taking us on a travelator, and we just go. F- hmm. Like it's a worm, a cosmic wormhole, where we go into eclipse season and we pop out the other side, and we're just like whoa, what just happened? So yeah. like I said, take your hand off the wheel but also be very open and maybe like just see what happens but be open and, and know that of course. you know soulmate energy is there for you around yeah. April, May because also hmm. the next eclipse, which is on the 6th of May, is happening at 14 degrees Scorpio and that is exactly on your Jupiter. An eclipse on your Jupiter is going to be cosmic blessings coming mm. your way. So again, that could be when it comes to your career,
0: yes, because
1: it's kind of up near your mid heaven, your career, like we were saying. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you had some exciting opportunities come in early May for you.
0: I look forward to that. So,
1: so yeah, that's Olympics. that's. I think you've got some great love energy to come yeah. later April and then early May. Some some fab career vibes mm. coming for you. Really exciting.
0: Are you trying to say that I? It means someone new soon?
1: Potentially. Potentially. Mm. I think it's fun to... Astrology is the study of timing. Oh. So we can look at the sky and see where the planets are interacting with each other and how that's reflected in our day-to-day lives. Mm.
0: Even though... um, I actually also want to say that even though I kind of see myself sort of seeing this woman from the other side of the country, I am still open to other women because we're not exclusive but also but also the other thing is dating is one of the hardest things i've ever done
1: oh isn't it
0: yeah but also i keep putting pressure on myself for a lot of reasons it's because i want to be the best husband any woman could ever want the other thing with with marriage is if i don't prioritize my partner she'll go cold and distant and then she'll have regrets and then she'll wish she could have done better
1: well that's the thing about creating that deep connection with the person you're with.
0: And if I feel like I failed to fulfill my duties as a partner, I become upset about it.
1: So I think that there's a couple of things there. I can sense that there's like that pressure that you maybe feel either you're putting it on yourself, like you're running out of time to find that person and settle down. But I think this all comes back to really trusting in the timing of your own life,
0: yeah, trusting, putting trust in the universe, absolutely. And let the universe bring me and her to each other.
1: Exactly. And what's beautiful yes. about it is when we do trust the universe and the timing of the universe yeah. to bring our soulmates to us. Yes, we can kind of relax and take mm. a take a breather. It, I and I understand because I, like you, was I had a quest for love as well, so I get it. And dating is hard. Yeah. It can be very hard. But
0: also the other thing is there's another reason why I put pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. It's because my father once told me a long time ago when I was younger that God helps those who help themselves. And I think I took that a bit too literally mm-hmm. because I have a I tend to take a lot of things literally
1: Yeah.
0: because I have done my best to pull myself out there and do something myself. But Love on the Spectrum did that for me.
1: Yeah, and, you know, that's incredibly brave to go on a show like that. Yeah. So many people would not do that, put themselves out there. Yeah. And I think that's just the most amazing step that you took and also showed the universe how open you were to love. Yeah,
0: of course. And my love language is all five of them. Is it? But I am willing to do all five love languages for my future partner.
1: That's great. You know, when I learned about love languages, I found it so fascinating because often we we want to receive love the way that we give it. Yes, And often of that, that's what the love languages is all about. It's so fascinating to understand how you can love your partner, what makes them feel loved. Yes. Yeah. So yours, you've got all five, you think.
0: Yes. Whether it's giving a, a little gift here and there and giving – her some uplifting words to remember by, and things like hugging, kissing, snuggling, going, going to sleep together. So that's words of affirmation, gift-giving, physical touch.
1: Quality time.
0: Yes. I would always love to spend time with her. Yeah. Whatever activity it is, unless it's something dangerous.
1: Yes, like and skydiving.
0: I was terrified of that.
1: I've done it too.
0: Yeah, um, when I did skydiving, Guy diving um, late last year, it was very terrifying.
1: I understand. I did it when I was 21, so I was quite young, but I was so yeah. scared.
0: When I got back up off the ground, I said to myself, I can't feel my strawberries. <laughs> I'm talking about the weakest but warmest spot uh, a, okay. <laughs> on a man.
1: Yeah, that's fair enough.
0: Yeah, and the, also acts of service, whether it's taking out the rubbish, pulling out the clothes mowing the lawn, going out and running errands for her if she's busy and even cooking for her, even though my cooking skills are still kind of rusty.
1: Well, sat in return, becoming an adult, learning how to cook, doing all these things. Before I was with my partner, I didn't really have an urge to cook that much because I was living alone. But now that I'm with my partner, I really enjoy cooking because I like Creating a meal and enjoying it together feels like an, it feels like an act of service that you do.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Made with love.
0: And because I also asked myself at one point not long ago, what kind of, what kind of partner would I make if I can't even cook a woman, cook a woman a meal? One of my best friends once told me that every woman loves a man that knows how to cook.
1: It's definitely something you can bring to the table. Mm. I like cooking together with my partner. Yeah. We do it together. It's lovely.
0: Well, I certainly know how to make steaks and salads. Perfect. Sandwiches and eggs, even scrambled eggs. Yeah. I kind of need to learn more than that.
1: So the cooking course might be good.
0: But I kind of prefer to do it with a woman because it's more fun. Yeah. When you do it by yourself, it's not as fun. One thing I also would love to do with a woman is do dancing with her.
1: What type of dancing?
0: Ballroom dancing. Oh, fun. The waltz, the tango.
1: So do you take dancing lessons, dancing classes?
0: I used to, but I stopped doing it because my dad once said that no one my age does it anymore. And it kind of turned me off.
1: Because I really feel like doing activities that align with who you are and what you want is definitely a way to, for the universe to yes. bring you into an alignment with somebody like-minded.
0: I actually enjoy the performing arts, whether it's ballroom dancing or acting. Hmm. And But they're not my only passions. I'm also very big on nature, animals, and railways. But railways are more of a ma- male-oriented interest. Women aren't really into railways. Yeah. But I'd be blown away if I encountered a woman who, who is interested in that stuff.
1: <laughs> well, you never know.
0: There's also the other thing is that whoever I marry, I want her to be able to handle being the wife of an actor,
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And because I'll, even though women make more money than they did 60 years ago, there's still pressure on men to be providers. Because you see, the thing is, I was raised with old school values, and my mm-hmm. father is very old fashioned, and I am too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I have somewhat traditional values. I don't believe that women should be stuck at home cooking, and cleaning all day, every day. They should have careers of their own. In fact, I would prefer it that way. But... I still have to provide as well because traditionally it's the it's the man's job to provide for his family.
1: Yeah, and I think, well, if that's important to you, then that's beautiful, you know. Yeah. And again, each relationship's different and it depends yeah. on the woman that you meet. She might yeah. have her whole – an amazing career and yeah. be earning lots of money.
0: Yeah, that would be great. There you go. And because I just want my wife and kids to have the best life possible.
1: That's so beautiful.
0: And then – My partner would never have regrets or wish that she could have done better. And my kids would be happy with the father they have.
1: I think that's all coming for you. Because you're putting it out with such pure energy to the universe, I truly believe that that's magnetizing the correct person to you. Yeah. Do you do manifestation work?
0: I don't even know what that is. Can you explain that?
1: Yes. So... I believe that we can manifest things in life that we want. So of course goals, career yeah. goals or particular jobs or acting jobs for your in your yeah. case, you know? Yeah. And it's it's really great to be specific. So writing down what you want yeah. is a manifestation of course tactic. And also when it comes to love, I really feel like you can manifest what you want when you figure out how you want to feel it's all about connecting to the emotions of how you want to feel so if you want to feel loved and secure and happy and however you want to feel in a relationship if you can maybe like just sit with that yeah and visualize it in your mind
0: and the kind of home that i picture for me, my wife and potential children, is not this extravagant huge mansion. I don't picture that at all. What I picture is something simple, humble and cosy, like a cottage. Beautiful. But I wouldn't go for more than two kids. Two would be enough. Yeah. I do feel somewhat nervous about the idea of having a son, though.
1: You do? How come?
0: I hardly know how to be a man myself. That means I have to teach someone how to be a man.
1: Well, I can see where you're coming from. I also feel like the journey of parenthood when it comes to you, you'll be taking that journey as it comes. Who knows how you'll feel yeah. in that moment.
0: Although I would love the idea of having a daughter.
1: I think you'd be a fabulous girl, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what, when it comes to Piscean energy, because you are a Pisces, you remember I said Pisces represents that ocean energy yes. where it's everywhere and nowhere. Yeah. The thing with Pisces is that one of their main lessons is to learn boundaries because yeah. in the ocean there are no boundaries.
0: Yes, obviously not.
1: We float around everywhere. Yeah. So... For you, especially because you have Mars in Pisces and Mars is all about our willpower and action and how we get things done. Yeah. So imagine like a boy in the ocean just floating around. It's going to be important for you, especially when like goal setting and taking action around your goals is to take action when you're feeling that intuitive urge to do it rather than forcing But also really creating a container around yourself, you know, like, you know, the step-by-step action plan and sticking to it instead of floating off in another direction.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: That's important for you.
0: Yes, that's right. (laughs) Is there anything else that you have to say?
1: Just continue to be open-hearted on the journey to love. Mm -hmm. Start manifesting it. You could even write down your ideal day of your, like a future day with your future wife and what you want that to be like your journaling that could be anything yeah but you could just project into the future your perfect day
0: perfect day
1: yeah so write it all down that's another manifestation tool write it all down I did this in 2018 and then I wrote it all down and then I put it away and kind of forgot about it just put it out to the universe and then surrender and I'm living that life now
0: that's wonderful.
1: So I, you, that's coming for you too. So you can do this. So I just am so excited for you because you have so much amazing energy coming your way with the eclipses upcoming. I feel like lots of opportunities are coming. Your Saturn return all year is happening. So get ready to up level.
0: Mm.
1: This is so exciting.
0: I'll be prepared for anything.
1: You've got this.
0: So basically, in. Like April, May, there will be some blessings coming my way.
1: I think so. Just be open to the opportunities. Be open to different people coming into your life. And with eclipse season, I always say, whatever comes, let it come. Uh-huh. Whatever leaves, let it leave. Of course. You know, no forcing, just allowing. Okay. Exciting.
0: So, in other words, be op- open to meeting o- other women that come my way and
1: keep your heart open. Follow your intuition. If you feel yeah. the urge to connect with someone, do that.
0: Yep. Yeah. Because I honestly would love nothing more than to um, connect with a woman.
1: The one thing that we that happens often when we desire something so much yeah. energetically is that we're so focused on that one thing yeah. that energetically often we can. Not repel it, but you know when you text somebody and you're like waiting for their reply and you're like, they haven't replied yet. And then the moment you stop thinking about their reply, their reply comes through. So that's all that journey of surrendering the desire. Because in that moment of surrender, it's like the old adage that you'll meet the person when you least expect it.
0: Yeah. A lot of people tell me that.
1: Happened to me too. So, and- It's it's an annoying thing to hear when you're on the quest for love. But I think on a deeper level, that's about energetically Mm. letting go of the desire to allow the universe to bring it to you. Yeah, of
0: course. Even though there may be a lot of women in the world, I've been dangling my hook in the water for a very long time. (laughs) Because when you get the best catch, don't throw her back.
1: Yeah, I have a belief that when you wait for the right person... Yeah. Or anything in life that you kind of really have your sights set on and you eventually get, you really yeah. appreciate it because yes. you want it.
0: I have one true enemy, impatience.
1: <gasps> I do too.
0: My impatience keeps bothering me. I'm supposed to be patient about finding love, but my patience always tamp- tampers with my mind.
1: I think, you know, when it comes to love, that's really hard when you want it I've been there yeah. and it's really hard because I'm, I'm an impatient person too <laughs> mm. so yeah it's kind of overcoming those earthly desires you know and just yeah. trying to step into that surrender role of just like mm. I can't control everything you no. know there's a higher plan mm. I just, you just have to f- focus on what you can control which yeah. is you and what you're doing and what you're manifesting walk through life expecting blessings to flow your way.
0: I also have to ask you, um, do you think it's um, possible that the reason why I've never had a a partner in my 20s is because it's been the transition decade of me transitioning from a boy into a man?
1: In some ways, yes, because like I said, with the Saturn return is that point in astrology where we really do become an adult. We leave. You know, our early 20s behind, we develop responsibility, which is what Saturn's all about, and we come into our own and we are put really on our life path, what we're meant to do. So, yes, in a way, I definitely Mm. think that could be the case. This whole journey of fame, of being on TV, of developing your career is definitely putting you on the path to meet your future wife.
0: So, in other words, the the career is... The main priority and the partner will come second.
1: In this case, yeah. I Mm. believe so because you're focusing on your energy on you. Yeah. And I feel like single people, when we're single, we often are so desirous of that other person that all our energy flows outward instead of focusing on ourselves, which is that Mm self-love. So tapping into the self-love, overflowing from that that Mm. place, understanding who we truly are. And then from that place, magnetizing the right person to us.
0: Yeah. One other thing I'd love to do with a woman is if she's having having a crying fit, she can just cry cry into my shoulder or something.
1: Well, that's that Pisces energy. It's really romantic. It's also very compassionate. Like I said, sensitive, in touch with emotion. Yeah,
0: And the physical touch um, may not be able to solve the problem, but... At least it provides a degree of comfort,
1: comfort and emotional safety to the woman.
0: Yeah, Thanks. and I would tell her that I that I love her every day.
1: That's so nice. And as someone who loves words of affirmation, that's my love language. I like hearing that. I think most girls would like hearing that too.
0: In fact, I tell my parents I love them every day.
1: That's that's so nice. That's beautiful.
0: Yeah. Well, you've certainly done done a lot for me today, Catherine. Do you have any other questions for me or any advice perhaps?
1: So what I'd say to you is that you're on the right path. You're exactly where you're meant to be right now and to trust in the universe's plan for you, Hmm. focus on yourself, your goals, your career, but be open to people and opportunities. And I would love to see what happens for you this year with your Saturn return because I feel like Mm. you're going to come out the other side a more evolved version of you and more clear on who you are and where you're going. Hmm. It's a very exciting time.
0: I propose that we keep in touch.
1: I would love to.
0: And I might be interested in getting another reading from you at some point.
1: That would be beautiful. I love seeing clients, you know, once or twice a year because we have a look and see where they're at. It's been beautiful yeah. hanging out with you today.
0: It, cer- it certainly has, Catherine. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. I really appreciate it.
1: Of course. It's been so fun. You've
0: certainly given me a lot to think about and a lot for me to look forward to.
1: Amazing.
0: So thank you.
1: Thank you. It was,
0: it's been an absolute pleasure having you on.